0: Hello, my name is Brian Pham, and I am here today with my friend, Kalen Frischetti, who has gone to Kino Border Initiative this past ski week. The main focus of this podcast is the question of experiencing what is called a gritty reality. This is supposed to connect with the Catholic social teaching of call, family, community, and participation, as well as the theme of solidarity. Reverend Peter Hans colvin said, students in the course of their formation must let the greedy reality of this world into their lives so that they can learn to feel it, think about it critically, respond to its suffering, and engage it constructively. Kovenbach was the 29th Superior General of the Jesuits and served from 1981 to 2008. He was regarded as valuable in helping to address contemporary issues and the changing sign of the times during his term. He also was credited for easing tensions between the Vatican and Society of Jesus around his time, as well as serving as an intermediary between the papacy and society. An important issue that he happens to discuss is the call to justice and for the church to focus on those who are marginalized. The excerpt from his letter as superior general shortly after his election includes the following. The Lord wishes to make use of our society to announce to the men and women of today's world, with a pastoral preference for those who suffer injustices in this world, the good news of the kingdom in a way that speaks to their culture and condition of life. He wants us in his way to serve his church in the Visar of Christ, Pope John Paul II. I myself could relate to serving the marginalized and less fortunate in community service. I tend to volunteer often at the narrow door in India, where I either go out and distribute food boxes to trailer parks, work on an assembly line, or even help remeditate uh, certain neighborhoods by cl- helping to clean up trash and waste. We stand in solidarity with those we serve as our mission. Their mission statement is worded in the following, as on their website. Our mission is to identify and impact issues within the Coachella Valley by connecting people to God and its supporting community. We do this by providing free public assistance that calls for immediate action in the areas of hunger relief, homelessness, clothing, hygiene, and discipleship programs. The statement implies that they are also called to charity and stand for the poor and vulnerable. I do admit, I have felt uncomfortable facing the gritty reality of my situation at times, while delivering food boxes as part of my service trips to various neighborhoods within a narrow door. I have been exposed to neighborhoods where the landlord does not necessarily provide the best living conditions for their tenants. The tenants sometimes go through long and difficult challenges that may be the cause or contributing to their hardships, as well as further exacerbating at times their difficulties or problems. Each time I entered this environment, my gratitude for what I had increased inside. At the same time, some feeling of demand for social justice gradually convinced me to not just serve to our brothers and sisters, but be with them. I began to close the gap internally between those I know and others that we served. Regardless of our age, race, religion, social status, wealth, influence, etc., we are all created in the image of God and therefore called to love each other as we love ourselves. In the selfie age, as someone described it, it seemed like a good idea for us to also care for others as much as we focus on ourselves. Now I'm going to ask my good friend Kalin some a few questions regarding his uh, experience.:
1: What magnitude is the disparity between those considered well-off and the
2: marginalized? How
1: can we improve a society in general?
2: Um, well, I think with the difference between the well-off and the marginalized. You know, economically, there's obviously a huge difference. Uh, You've got the rich and wealthy living the high life. And then, you know, you go down to some of the poorer areas, especially along the border in Mexico. And you've got people living out on the streets. There's trash all over the place. Um, But I think the biggest issue is how, you know, socially and in, you know, in God's eyes, everyone is the same. There isn't a difference between all those people living on the streets and the people that are well-off. And so I think as a society, where where we run the problems is where people view people as less than them based on their economic status or how society perceives them. And, you know, we just can't do that. People have to be recognized as people not a part of the economy yeah that's
1: uh that, that's 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 quite a you know that's an observation i think it's i can uh you know i guess i could relate to that you know makes sense yeah so um <clears throat> so how have you been involved in a junior practice project as part of being solidarity for with others so like uh like you know immersion trips uh you know
2: service opportunities Okay, Um, so I haven't done too many smaller opportunities. Um, You know, I've done a few volunteer opportunities in the Coachella Valley. I did a few food drives at my church, but my major one was the Kino Border Initiative and the trip down to Nogales, Mexico. And so that was a five-day trip where we basically lived down there. And served and helped people to come to terms with their new reality that had just been released across the border and just let free, you know, with yeah, no real established lives or family connections. Right. And um, so it was really shocking
1: yeah.
2: uh, seeing everyone down there and what they're all dealing with. Hmm. And like I said, how they're trying to come to terms with it. Yeah.
1: I mean I guess, you know i could come i could you know tell from where you're coming from, but I think I could you know also like relate to some like you know seeing people like you know you can see like there's this one community right this one community that's kind of like you know fluent blah blah, blah, blah you know, and then you've got this other community like other let's say on the other side of town
2: where it's like the complete opposite, yeah exactly yeah. and i think I think there's this one example that's absolutely perfect from my time on the trip of that uh, difference between communities is uh, there was this one kid that we met in the Commodore, which is where we were serving. We would give people food and clothe them and just help them along. And there was this one kid we met. His name was Adrian. Yeah. Uh, he He was brought over to the U.S. when he was two years old. He's now 18, and he's been living over here the entire time. Yeah. Uh, He was on DACA. That expired when he turned 18 in August. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he'd been living in Chicago. He got through high school. He was planning on going to university to be a surgeon. Yeah. And when his DACA expired, he got picked up and dropped off across Mm. the border. And he's someone who, you know, he was – pretty well-off. Yeah. He was integrated into American society. He's about as close to American as you can get. Yeah. And he did have that well-off life, and then he gets sent across the border and just kind of becomes part of this marginalized group. Yeah, I see.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's just one of those, uh, you know, it's just like you have to know, like, I guess the individual, you know, not just, right, I mean,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what, like, what kind of, um, so what other activities did you do in the keynote border initiative? Like, you know, what else did you? Um.
2: Well, uh, like I said, we served at the Commodore. We did that a few times. Um, yeah, you know, we did breakfast, lunch, and dinner. At all of those, there was kind of a prayer service. And, you know, we got to go around and talk with people and hear their stories and how they all got there in the same situation. Yeah. Um, we also got to go down to the women's shelter, which is also run by KBI. Hmm. Uh, the government does run a shelter down there yeah. for the men and women that are deported. But oftentimes the men aren't the nicest to the woman. And so... KDI runs a separate shelter for them to protect them, and they'll make all sorts of bracelets and crafts to sell to raise money because um, a lot of them are in debt from either crossing the border or the past few years. Um And same thing there, we really got to hear their stories and their experiences. And we also one night went to this LGBTQ house,
1: yeah.
2: Um, I forget where it was uh, but it's called La Casa Maricosa and we spoke with one of the women there and you know I heard so many stories while I was over there
1: Yeah.
2: and they all came from different backgrounds they've all been in the US for different amounts of time but when it comes down to it they all had the same general idea of you know they were all lost they had a place and now they don't and it's just so terrible to see that happening to people that you know are no different than us and it it was such an eye-opener and it's just it's just so saddening that you know we're not there to help them and they're just kind of cast out and no attempt is made to really be there for them which is why it was such a great experience because even though it was on a small scale we really got to make a difference in their lives in that moment,
1: yeah, I mean, I guess you know it's it's just that you really never know what you know you can until you actually you know get to talk to someone that's lived through it, I mean like all oh, these these people you know they've been through quite a lot, you know what I mean,
2: yeah, uh they definitely have, and you know what you say about getting to meet the people. I really think that's an important part of it, is the names. And for me, a big deal has always been the faces. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you can hear all sorts of stories online. Yeah. But it's when you're really there interacting with them. And it's, you know, that one quote, it's kind of cliché, but the, the eyes are the gateway to the soul because they really are. You really see the pain that a person's in and you can see their eyes and hear their pain in their voice. And it's so hard to communicate, but it's just, (laughs) yeah, it it was uh, really tough to hear.
1: Yeah. So um, I think there's one more question because I'll just ask you one more question. So um, that's along the board. Uh, So like the issues you see there, you think – like, do you think that's like you know relevant to
2: um, like our community here in the Coachella Valley? Or I definitely think it does. I mean, you've got these poor, impoverished communities, and you know you go down towards the Indio area. Yeah. You, you know you you've got parts of Indio, you've got Mecca, you've got Thermal, you've got all these areas that are within minutes of where we live. You know, you've got the really ritzy communities up here with million-dollar houses, and then a 20-minute drive away, you've got people who are barely making a living. Yeah. Um, You know, we've got so many shelters down here, so many food drives. I mean, there's so much that people are trying to do to really help out. Yeah. And that's where I think we can play a part because we do have these communities down here. We have very similar situations. Yeah. So we have that opportunity to make a difference, you know. Like I said, there are just so many opportunities, so many food banks, so many places. You know, even just walking down the street, making a few sandwiches and passing them out to people. There are always places that we can help out and improve people's lives. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I you know I've been to the narrow door, you know, the narrow door a couple of times across the street from where I live, yeah. In the- We go on the trips, uh, like trailer parks, and you can't kind of see, like, you know, what you described uh, between, you know, like these different communities.
2: Yeah, and it it is, and they're, you know, they're all people in need of help. They're all jobs people, and ultimately, it's our place to help them. And, you know, yeah, the narrow door, uh, find Martha's Kitchen – they're all places that we can help out. And ultimately it's our responsibility to help in any way we can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um, um, I mean, thank you so much for, you know, uh, um, you know, helping me out on this podcast, you know, and join, enjoying and yeah. you me know, talking. I mean, it's really, I, honestly, now I think about it, it's from what I've heard from you, I think it's, uh, you know, it's
2: quite a, I quite learned quite a lot, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. And I mean, it's it's a lot but it's because it's a lot that we need to talk about it. Yeah. And we need to take the chance to recognize it and really work together as a community to fix it. So yeah. yeah I'm really glad you chose me to talk to. Yeah. Thank and you I'm glad I could help out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Kaylin. Uh thank you for um spending some of your time here. It's uh well appreciated. You um gave us some uh, really actual um, great insight. And we thank uh, you, the audience, for listening to this uh, thoughtful thoughtful and contemplative podcast. We'll see you soon.